Hallelujah. Well, this morning we're excited, and as you know, uh, just a little bit of what's been going on in our church. Um, back in March, I received a call from our district superintendent asking us if we would come alongside another church and help them get to the place where they could have a pastor again. They've gone through some transition, and so they were looking uh, to get some help to get their congregation built back up. And so we went and talked to them and uh, shared out a plan that we could do with our team here and how we could come alongside them. But they said, well, we really don't want somebody different every week coming down. We just want to believe for our own pastor, and so how can we do that? And so then I approached Sean and Dana, and I said, hey, you know, would you guys be interested in going down and ministering to them a little bit, maybe see if the Lord's leading in this area? So they went down, and five weeks later, amen. They just felt like this is the door that God had opened up for them, and we're super excited. So we became a two-campus church, amen, and so launching out, and so we're partnering with them and being able to go and, and really to release people over the years. Part of our, our, our theme of our church and, and our mission statement is reach, raise, and release, Amen. And so raising people up, reaching them, raising them up, and then releasing them to answer God's call upon their life. And this morning, we're going to take that to another level because as they go, then that means there's transition in the house and things happen. So we're operating in a little bit of transition this morning. Amen? And so excited about for everything that God's doing. So I'm going to share a little bit of a message this morning with you. I don't know how the Lord will lead. So I put together a pretty complete message, but if I don't get through it, it's a good study for you. So all, every, everything I put through, every outline is done in a way that if you're hungry, you got something to study. Amen? Hallelujah. And so uh, if you just want candy, then we probably wouldn't do that for you. Amen? But if you're hungry, we got something substantial for you. But this morning, I want you to open your Bible up to 1 Timothy. I want to talk just for a moment, and then we're going to pray over our youth ministry and our team. We're so blessed in over the years for the team that God has raised up in our church. Could you say amen? amen? And so every aspect that we do, we try to do it through team building. And it's always easier to do things alone than it is to do with other people. How many of you have ever found that out? It's always easier to work alone. You don't have anybody to argue with except yourself. Nobody disagree with except yourself. But if you really want to be productive, you really have to work with the team. And to have something. So we're blessed. We work on that. Doesn't mean we always get it right. But it means that we're trying. Praise the Lord. So let's pray together this morning. Did you bring your Bibles? Are you ready? Let's make our declaration. Are you ready, David? Almost. Say it with me. This is my Bible. I live by its truth. I walk in its light. I rest in its promises. I'm empowered by its love. I overcome by the faith received, produced by receiving this seed sown into my heart. Father, I thank you today. In the next few moments, you'll speak to us by your Holy Spirit through your word. In Jesus' name, somebody said? Amen. Amen. Praise God. First Timothy. 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 12, if you're there. This morning, I want to take a few moments. I'm going to do an introduction, and then we're going to pray over our youth ministry and uh, all of our workers and the team. Just such an amazing group that the Lord has raised up. And, uh, and we have a short video from Sean and Dana, and then I'm going to tie a knot in there. 1 Timothy chapter 12 and verse 1, Paul says, I thank Christ Jesus through our Lord who has enabled me because he counted me faithful. Somebody say faithful. He counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Although I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, and an insolent man, or violently arrogant man, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant with faith and love, which are in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners whom, of whom I am chief. Praise the Lord. Now, if you have your Bibles, go with me to 2 Corinthians, or excuse me, to 1 Corinthians chapter 4. And I'm not going to read all of the verses that are listed there on your outline. I encourage you to read them. I just want to read a couple here. 
And so this morning I'm talking a little bit about the call of God and the purpose of God and really a charge of faithfulness over our lives and then what happens when we live faithfully before God. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1, Let a man so consider us as servants of Christ and stewards. Somebody say stewards. Stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found what? So stewardship requires faithfulness. And stewardship is always the distribution or the oversight of things that belong to somebody else. And so God calls us and he positions us and he gives us stewardship over what belongs to him and to distribute that out and to make provision in other people's lives. Go with me also, if you would, to Acts chapter 26. In the life of the Apostle Paul, we'll touch on it briefly, and, uh, but in the life of the Apostle Paul, he received the call of God on the road to Damascus, responded to God interrupting him, receives Christ as his Savior, and in Acts chapter 26, Paul is giving his account of his conversion and his, and his walk with, with God to King Agrippa, and he goes down and speaks about that encounter, but in verse 19, Acts 26, 19, he makes this declaration, therefore, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision, or Paul says, I've been faithful and I've been obedient to what God has called me to do. And uh, that's really a call upon our lives, upon every Christian, every believer, is to have God's declaration made over our life and then us to live faithful to that vision or purpose. Could you say amen? So walk through your outline with me just in this introduction, and then we want to pray over our team this morning. God has a destiny and a purpose designed for every life. When a man or woman responds to the love of God and turns to serve him with their life, God begins to reveal his plan for their life. We acknowledge this as the call of God. And so we all feel, every believer, if you're hungry for God, you're going to feel God stirring you to do more than just come and sit and listen to somebody on a Sunday morning. You should, ho- hopefully, that, that you're, you have a passion, God, I- I'm saved, now what am I saved for? The Apostle Paul says, God has apprehended me out of all of humanity, out of the 7 billion people on planet earth right now today, God has reached down and redeemed your life. And that he is a God of purpose. So I don't know about you. I want to live to find out why. God, why did you apprehend me? I'm on a great discovery. How many want to go on that discovery with your life? And so when we begin to hunger after God for that, then he begins to reveal his call or his purpose. Our goal must be to learn how to agree with God for his purpose and calling in our life. God is a God of purpose. And if we are truly his creation then we were created by him for purpose. God doesn't make just stuff. He doesn't just make things just to put things out. Nobody is a knick-knack in the plan of God. He doesn't just make you to put you on a shelf. You're not just wall, you're not just wall decor or art deco or something. You, you have actual purpose. Amen. Functioning purpose. Think about it. So God is a God of a purpose, and if we truly are his creation, then we were created by him for purpose. You are not an accident or a mistake. You have purpose, regardless of how you got here. How many of you have ever heard of James Robinson? Minister James Robinson. You need to know that his mother was raped and sought to have an abortion, but spared his life miraculously. And out of that being a product of rape and almost uh, put to death through abortion, God has redeemed him. And he has been a voice to presidents and national leaders and worldwide ministry and untold thousands coming to the Lord. So regardless of how you got here, your entrance into this world is not a mistake. Could you just shout amen? I mean, that's just for yourself. Amen. So think about that. True happiness and fulfillment comes in life when we connect with God's purpose for our lives and live to see the fulfillment of that purpose come to pass. The purpose of the call is connected to the principle of stewardship, meaning that God calls us to be stewards over what he has prepared to be distributed into the lives of others. He calls us to take what we have in the form of our life and to place it in his possession so that he can bless it and increase it 
it with the abundance of his house. No matter what you have or what you think you have as abilities or talent, you are no different than the disciples being asked to feed the multitude. Jesus fed the multitudes with the five loaves and the two fishes for one purpose, to reveal to the disciples that whatever God asks you to do, you don't possess enough to do it. But it is still possible for you to do even when it's beyond the ability of what you possess. Whether it is natural resources, personal talents and abilities, gifts and understandings that you think you may have, you don't have enough to do what the call of God is upon your life. So the only way you can fulfill his purpose in your life is to give what you have to him. And when you give your life to him, as when we've been ministering on being in Christ, your life loses its identity. You are no longer you. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. And so you now have a new identity of being in Christ. And if you are in him, then you are a recipient of all of his fullness. You possess everything he has, and everything he has is now available to you at your disposal to accomplish his purpose through your life. So he takes what you have, he receives it. By receiving it, becomes blessed. And by receiving it, it is now part of the increase of the kingdom of heaven, which is why Paul says, my God supplies all of my need. Now, when we think of need, we just think of food, water, clothing, natural stuff. But every need of your life, the abilities, whatever you need, clarity, understanding, wisdom, whatever it may be, God supplies every need out of his resource. How many know everything he has is always more than enough? Amen? So God has more than enough. And so he increases it with the abundance of his house. He doesn't call us to distribute what we've offered, but rather that which he has supplied. The requirement of stewardship is not to provide, but to give out that which has already been supplied. 1 Corinthians 2, 9. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered in the heart of man. All the things that God has prepared in advance for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So if I'm called according to his purpose, he's all made, already made preparation for everything he's called me to be and to do. Are you doing all right this morning? I, was, I get excited about this when I preach on it. Praise the Lord. So I want you to think about it. The call of God is always commissioned by a command, and the command always contains the provision. Think about this. The parable of the talents, what, what does the, the master come to do? The master comes and gives them talents to invest. He didn't ask them to invest what they had in their life. He gave them what they needed. And so he wasn't asking them for an account of what they did with their personal resources. He provided them to do ministry or to do work for him. He gave them the provision that they would need. When you and I, when we're called to do ministry for the Lord, the Lord doesn't ask us to do it out of our natural gifts and talent. He saves us, fills us with this Holy Spirit, baptizes us with his power, and releases the manifestation of his gifts through us. So all we are is a channel and a vessel that God flows through with his provision for his purpose. Could you give the Lord a good amen? So think about that. It's so good. Look inside your outline. Answering the call positions us as a distributor to fulfill the responsibility of a steward by taking that which has been placed in our charge and seeing that it gets into the hands of those that it was prepared for. Jesus needs those who will faithfully and lovingly manage and care for what he has purchased with his blood. And that's you and I, the church. And so let me just give you a few scriptures here. I want to read a couple scriptures with you, and then I want to pray and play this video from Sean and Dana this morning. Go with me, if you would, to Romans chapter 1. If you would got my notes early, you could have put all your tabs in your Bible like mine and turned really fast. Amen. Watch this. I want to take just a moment before I pray for our young people and even for our church uh, in this area for, to bring clarity and understanding in this area and that there, there's a principle of calling and separation. It's one thing to be called by God, to know that God's called for me. It's another thing to submit to preparation. 
And it's another thing to wait for the time of separation to fulfill that call. And I don't have time today. This is a whole about a six-week class that we've done over the years on this through Bible school. But this area, this principle is just what I felt the Lord to share uh, with our church this morning and understanding even for where we are. If you go back to even with Sean and Dane, if you look at them, there's definitely a call upon their life. How many could agree? And so they've been walking through a season of walking in that call, being obedient, remaining faithful, but also a season of preparation to where they are fully prepared and ready to step into the position that God has now opened the door for them to be in. Amen? So there's calling, preparation, and then a separation that comes. And if, when it's always done in the right order, it's always a promotion that brings about a celebration. Amen. Many times there are people who go through separation, but it doesn't bring about a celebration and it never leads to a promotion. Amen. But that's another message for another time. Romans chapter 1 and verse 1, look what Paul says. Paul, a servant. Somebody say a servant. Amen. Actually, the word means a slave or a bond slave, one who's given themselves to servanthood freely by choice of Jesus Christ. Watch this. Called to be. Somebody say called to be. Look what it says, called to be an apostle, comma, separated to. I'm called to be, but then I'm separated to the gospel of God. Amen? Now, so Paul declares calling and separation. Go with me to Galatians chapter 1. I'll take some time. I'll give you time to read Galatians chapter 1 and verse 15. So Paul declares that there's a twofold aspect to ministry, called to be and separation to. And then secondly, Galatians chapter 1, Paul says this in verse 15. But when it pleased God, watch this, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace. Or in other words, Paul says, I, I was ordained to this, so I'm being birthed. And how many know as parents we have dreams and visions for our children? Amen. And, and doing all that. But Paul says the call of God is also a separation in our life. And he says, I was separated from my mother's womb and, and, and called through his grace. Why? To reveal his son in me that I might preach among the Gentiles. I did not immediately confer with flesh and blood, nor did I go to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me. But I went to Arabia and then returned to Damascus. Then after three years... Amen. Paul, Paul said, I just went out on the desert for three years and let the Lord prepare me. Amen. Hallelujah. How many know that? That's not exciting for us today in 2019, almost 2020. We're the instant generation. I want to be called. I want to be saved. I want to be prepared. And can I do that in 20 minutes on a Sunday morning? Can I get in? Can I get out? Can I get everything I need and move right along? Because I'm a very busy man. God, I'm going to give you some of my time, but you know I'm very busy. I'm very important, and I have a lot of time, but I really want to honor God. I want to serve God with all my life, but I'm very busy. I'm very important. I'm so important today that if anybody calls me, I've made myself in the place where I can be omnipresent and be everything to all people at all times. Because now the cell phones have been exempted, I am now able to be connected and never be disconnected from anybody because somebody may need to get a hold of me. Are we doing all right? Paul said, I didn't talk to anybody. I just went to the desert for three years. How many know there's no reception in the desert? Some of you, that might be a good place to go. You might get some clarity in your lives. Amen. Just separate yourself from some reception. Hallelujah. Austin and I were talking about that yesterday. Good to have my son Austin and Teresa in the house. All the way from Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. Amen. Serving the Lord. Serving at Intersection Church. Amen. Pastor Jeremiah and Corey there, such a great team. They're part of that. Have our grandbaby. We had all eight of our grandchildren with us yesterday. What a blessing. Amen. Hallelujah. And my mom is in the house. Woo! Amen. Mom's going to be 89 this month, and she probably still whoop anybody in the house. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. There you go. That's all I'm saying right there. Amen. I still walk in reverential respect, trembling in fear before my mom. Amen. <laughs> God's good. Amen. Next verse, Ephesians chapter 4. Go with me there. Excuse me, Ephesians chapter 1, not 4. <laughs> God is so good. Ephesians chapter 1. 
and look at verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us. Somebody say blessed us. With every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. How many know that you're in Christ? Amen. Then just say this. I'm blessed. Look at what Paul said. He's already blessed us with every blessing. Quit trying to get what you already have. Verse 4. Just as, now watch it. Just as he chose us where? In him before what? The foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. And having predestined us to adoption. Predestined means planned ahead of time. Planned before us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ himself according to the good pleasure of his will. To the praise of the glory of his grace by which he has made us accepted in the beloved. People trying to feel accepted when you've already been declared accepted. Amen. So you are accepted in the beloved. Amen? Hallelujah. So think about this. Before the foundation of the world, before you ever existed, God had a plan for your life. And I like what 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 18 says, that, that God sets us, that we are all members of his body in particular, and God sets us in a place. He sets us in a place, in the body. And the greatest peace when it comes to the call and the purpose of God is saying, God, where is my set place? And, and between calling, preparation, and separation, it always operates in the principle of a set place. That God, am I in my set place in this season? And, and if I'm moving into the next, I, I don't want to be in my place. I want to be in your set place for my life. Are you hearing me? And then when transition comes, then he always moved me into the next place. The, the thing that has helped me in ministry over the years, because when you get into that place, when you put yourself there, anytime you say yes to God, there's always going to come a time when you're going to have to have the faith to endure. And you need to know that you're in a set place, not in a your place. Amen. Because if I'm in a set place, then I say, God, I didn't ask to be here. You set me here. So you must already have the answer. You must already have the provision. You must already made a way. Amen. And so in that, for us in going into the ministry, when we first started in 1981, then uh, we were asked to go into ministry. And then in 1983, when we took our first church, we were told to get out of Dodge and maybe go someplace else. And we were, after we were told to get out of Dodd, some other people came over and said, hey, then why don't you come over here? And so people approached us to come there. So we went there. And then when we were thinking about what to do and God was stirring in our heart, we had our district superintendent said, have you ever thought about going up into the foothills by Cameron Park, Placerville area and, and pioneering a church? I said, I've never had that thought. And so the next thing you know, the transition of things. And so you see God leading you. And when you get there, you know you're not even there. In fact, two years before we came here, we're with Pastor Doug and Janet. And we're driving around after having dinner and stuff. We pull into the gas station, Gold Harvest Market. And we're pulling in that gas station. Doug go, Doug's going to prophesy to anything. If you'll stand still, he'll prophesy to you. So, so Doug just goes, Don, 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 Don. He always starts like that. He says, I feel God. I'm just going to prophesy. I said, go ahead, Doug. I get gas. He goes, no, 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 no. This is God. I feel like you and Sue are going to be somewhere here in the Sacramento area and build a work for God. And at that time, God hadn't really just, there just been some story, but we hadn't made any decision to leave where we were. It hadn't gone to that place yet. And, and then next thing you know, two years later, we're driving around looking for a building to have church. And we've moved here, relocated here, and we haven't even thought about being given that word until we pulled into Gold Harvest Market to get gas. And I looked at Sue and I said, oh, my God. <laughs> this is where Doug said, Don, Don, Don. Amen? And so for the last 30 years, I know that I didn't move myself here. I didn't set myself here. I am in a set place by God. And I wasn't chasing after a word prematurely. I was walking in the plan of God. I was going through calling and preparation and positioning myself for separation so I could live in God's provision. 
And even for Sean and Dana, how do they end up in Luma? Because they've been here. And so you get a call from your superintendent out of the blue. Say, hey, and, and the call begins like this. Could I talk to you for 15 minutes? And a request to talk to you for 15 minutes turned into a God transition. Are you listening to me? And so you can look back on that, and they'll have seasons, and God is blessing. They're doing amazing work right now in Luma, as Pastor Tim was saying in his prayer. But there's coming to come a day when they're going to need to know that they've been set there. They didn't just go there. Are you listening to me this morning? So this morning, we're excited, and I'm going to ask our Eli and Becca and our youth team and all of our, we have an amazing team of young people. Amen. I want Eli and Becca and our youth team to come up here, all of our worship leaders and workers. I want all you guys to come right up here. Amen. Hallelujah. Look at these young people. Come on, somebody say we're blessed. Amen. I mean, these guys make youth ministry happen in our church. The same way that we have people, workers in every department over here, this is the amazing team that makes youth ministry happen every week. And just before we take the next step, I want to play Sean and Dana put a little video so guys you can turn around and we'll just watch this little video together. David, if you're ready, go ahead my friend. Good morning from Loomis Church family. It is so good to be on the wall with all of you. We wish we could be there with you this morning, but we are here at our church in Loomis and you know what? Change is part of God's plan. And sometimes it doesn't always maybe look like what we think it's gonna look like, but when you see that it's God, you can't deny it. And so we're just so blessed to be walking in this new season and excited for all that God's doing. That's right. And it's not only a season of change for us personally, but we believe it's a season of change for all of you at Solid Rock Faith Center. And so we're so excited for this new season and for our team and what they get to step into and be a part of. Yes, it's awesome. And so we are so proud of Eli, Becca, and the rest of the team and and excited for them to grab the baton and begin to run this race in, in this new season and take it for another lap. And we've seen God do great things and I know their hearts and I am their number one fan. And so with that, we are, we are just excited to begin to pass that baton to them and watch what God's gonna do through their lives. That's right. And we want you all to know that we will still be a part of Rise Student Ministries for a season and be there to cheer them on and support them and ensure that this transition is healthy and successful. So um, we look forward to just watching them grow into their new roles. Yes. And so church family, we just wanted to say thank you for all of your support, your love, your prayers, and your commitment to, to believe God for the greatest things that we've ever seen. You know, God's still a God of miracles. And, and we believe that El Dorado County and Placer County are going to be impacted by the gospel still today. So church family, we love you. Praying that um, God will just do great and mighty things in this new season. So thank you all. We love you. We miss you. God bless. Have a great rest of your service. Love you. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm asked all of our leadership team here in the church, all of our board members that are here, and, and elders and leaders, Pastor Tim and them, honey, come on up with me. And we just want to pray over this youth ministry this morning and uh, thankful uh, for what God has raised up. Amen. And uh, so what we're doing, we're setting Eli in and taking over the, the uh, senior youth ministry. Becca has been a part of our team. They've both been a part of the team for so many years. And Becca's still running with our junior youth. She's been leading our junior youth and doing such an amazing job with them, working with the worship team and that and raising them up. So we're just so blessed that when you go through transition, that God already has everything in place. Amen? So awesome, awesome, awesome. So guys, I'm going to ask you to come right down here in front, the whole youth team down here, so we can get behind you, get around you, because up there behind we'll have to step on instruments and stuff. So come on down here. Amen. Guys, come up behind them up here, leadership team. Hallelujah. We want you to turn face the congregation out there. Look at this great group we got. Isn't this awesome? Look at that. Hallelujah. And everything I'm talking about, about calling and preparation and separation, when it comes to Eli and Becca and this team and all of them and Josh and Brandon and all of them that are serving and these young people that are being raised up, they all feel God stirring something in their heart. Amen. 
And Eli's been here serving for the last four years as an intern and just been faithful in preparation and preparing his life and just coming behind. And so what's awesome is, is that they have been so faithful at serving over all this time that we have transitioned and you don't have to really train them to do anything. They're, they're just ready to just shift gears and take it to a new level and then for everything God's put into them to flow out of them. Amen? Amen. So we're, I'm, I don't know about you. I get excited about all this myself. And uh, so, so excited. And, and I'm just so proud of Sean and Dana. And this is a reflection of what they've sown yes. into the youth ministry. Amen. Amen. And, and by making this be able to be happen and, and to continue to move forward. So we're so blessed for them. We're praying for them, for God to raise up leaders and workers around there. And so they need a youth pastor over there, but we're not releasing any of these. So, amen. So in doing all that, but so what, one step at a time. Hallelujah. And we'll see what the Lord has. But just stretch your hands out here as we pray this morning. Father, we thank you. You are a God of generational leadership. God, you're a God who prepares. And Father, we thank you, Lord. We understand that the youth are the future, not only of the church, but of the kingdom. Father, you raise up. You've always spoken to young people. You've always worked in young people's heart from Josiah at eight years old to anointing David at 13 years old to be king, from speaking to Joseph at 17 years old. God, you have always worked in the hearts and lives of young people. So Father, we thank you today for this amazing team. And Lord, we lay our hands on Eli and Becca as the key leaders over this team, Father. We thank you, Father, that you have anointed them for this hour. And Lord, I believe even as you spoke, as Mordecai spoke to Esther, God, that you've raised them up for such a time of this, that all the years, all the preparation, all the sowing that they've done of their life, God has been a preparing for them to lead the young people here at Solid Rock into the future and the destiny that you have for them. So Father, we just declare your anointing upon them right now. And Lord, we declare as a church family that we're going to stand beside them. We're going to support them. Them. We're going to give, but more than that, we're going to cover them with our prayers. And we're going to declare your covering over their lives, Father. Thank you for continuing to open up doors on our school campuses. Thank you, Father, for continuing touching young hearts through the Lord's gym. Thank you, Father, for touching families through our outreaches and backpack giveaway and all that we do. But, God, we want to see a generation reach before we have to rescue them. So, Father, we thank you today that you have positioned every one of these on this team, Father, to rise up. And, Father, we thank you for the open door. Lord, that is before them. We place a demand on the gifts that you put inside of them. And we call those gifts to come out, to begin to mature and to manifest, Father, to take this ministry to young people to a whole new level. Father, we pray for Sean and Dana this morning. We thank you for every seed they've sown into these young people today. We thank you for the impartation that they've put into these lives. And now, Father, we thank you that the seed they've sown is going to begin to grow and going to begin to mature and produce a great harvest for the glory of your kingdom. So we bless these leaders. We pray your increase over them and we have an anticipation to see all that you will do through their lives in Jesus' name. And somebody said, amen. amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. So proud of you guys. Amen. What a blessing. Amen. Love you. Love you. Love you, Jamie. God bless you. Big B. B, B. Hard to believe I used to spank you. Amen. Some kids get it by inspiration. Some others get it by impartation. Love you guys. Amen. Love you. Proud of all of them. So blessed. Amen. Come on, give him one more great hand this morning. I put this together, this lesson together this morning to go with this. And I really encourage you, I will not have time to preach this whole message to you, to you and I'm not going to come back to it and finish it uh, next week. But I would encourage you just to study it through. 
uh, only not, not just for anything else, but even on our own life. All of us want to live to God's purpose and fulfill his purpose. How many want to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant? Me too. And so with that, I have to be submitted to his will, not mine. And I have to live for his glory. And I can't present him a substitute for what he designed for my life. I just have to do what he ordained. Amen. So let me just walk through this one part on what is calling this morning. And maybe it will help you and we'll pray. What is calling? My definition is this. It is a specific place and purpose in the eternal plan of God for every person. I believe with all my heart, every one of you has a specific place and function in God's eternal plan. God set according to his eternal purpose, Ephesians 3, his eternal plan. He mapped that out. He knew you were coming, and he gave each of us position and purpose in that plan to cause it to move forward to completion. And when we say yes to God, that's really what we're saying. And if I could say it like this and help us, it's never about us. It's always about him. Paul said, I wasn't separated to my ministry. I was separated to the gospel of Christ. Amen? And uh, I see uh, 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 the Folsom's here this morning, Kevin and Jenny, and they just got back from visiting their son Luke in the Philippines, who is a missionary. Amen? And so it's something about every generation raising up and going out. So we're so blessed and excited. We support them, so excited for what God is doing. But it's knowing he planned his purpose with you in mind. God planned his purpose with you in mind. And the thing that excites me about a Christian and living for God is just this. God wants to use me. That blows my mind because I know people who don't even like me. And yet God chose to use me. In spite of every fault, in spite of every criticism that you've ever heard about your life, God chose to use you. In spite of all your goodness, in spite of all your imperfections, your impurities, your faults, your mistakes, everything. Think about the Apostle Paul. Paul persecuted and killed and had Christians put to death. He stood at the stoning of Stephen and had the authority to give the okay for Stephen to be stoned and martyred for Christ. He had that authority. He held the coats and gave his permission for Stephen to be put to death. And God meets him on the road to Damascus and said, Paul, I've appeared to you for this purpose. And I'm going to send you in the world to turn people from darkness to light. And from the power of Satan to the glory of God. Amen? And so, whatever you've heard, God has that place planned in his purpose with you in mind. The word call means kaleo. It means to call aloud, to summon, to call forward. A calling is simply the will of God for your life. Ephesians 4.1 just says this. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to have a walk worthy of the calling to which you were called. Every one of us, if you've been called out of darkness into light, God has a call of purpose upon your life. And Paul, writing to the church, says, I beseech each one of you, encourage each one of you, walk worthy of that calling. A calling is simply the will of God for your life. It is the work God wants you to accomplish during the time you are here on earth. How many know we're only here in this parenthetical space called time, but our soul is stamped with eternity? When we transition from here, we're just going into eternity. So we are eternal beings. And so when we get there, we want to have fulfilled our purpose. First Peter chapter 4 and verse 10 says this, As each one has received a gift, God puts divine enablements inside of you. So when you receive that gift, he says we're supposed to minister to that to somebody else. This is what calling literally is. It is your faith connected to others. We live in a me society. You, you live in a I me culture. Kingdom culture is others focused. Our culture is I focused, me focused. Kingdom culture is when you no longer care about you, but you want to see God touch others through you. And your focus goes from yourself to those around you. Lord, use me, send me. 
Let me help. Let me bless. Let me make a difference in somebody else's life. Amen? That has eternal significance. Use me to reach just one more. So every person has a call upon their life. As believers, when we become aware of God's call and purpose for us, we must first recognize the call and then second, accept it in order to fulfill it. It's where we choose his will over our desire. You know what? I have a lot of desires in life, a lot of things I'd like to do. Amen. But if I don't get to do them, I'm not going to be disappointed. I mean, know what I'm saying? A lot of things I'd like to do. I'd like to kill a big buck this year. Amen. I like shooting big bucks. If that bothers you, that's okay. I eat meat. You can eat grass, all right? <laughs> I'm actually an environmentalist. I really am. We need plants to produce uh, oxygen, take care of the carbon dioxide and suck all that. But all these animals are eating the green grass and everything. I eat steak because I'm trying to save you from cow flatulence. <laughs> I'm a part of the Green New Deal. Hallelujah. And think about that. So we have all these desires, but if we don't get to fulfill them, it doesn't change our heart towards God. Think about it. We must begin with prayer and ask God to reveal and to make known His will and purpose and plan for us. We sang that song, Show Me Your Glory. And if you will just press into God and say, God, I don't have any design. I just want to know you because your word says you already have a design for my life. And if I just say yet to you, you will unfold your design and I will walk the path. Ephesians 2.10, I'll walk out the path that you've already prearranged for my life. Amen. Think about it. So we have a choice whether we accept his will, he reveals as his will, uh, as his will and force that will declare it in his call. Calling is connected to passion, and just because we're passionate about something does not automatically mean it is our calling. You see, our spiritual vocation may or may not be connected to our natural vocation. God can call and use you where you are in what you do, not door, but in what you do. He may call you to a full-time ministry, or he may call you to a full-time ministry position. And so the call of God doesn't mean that I have to quit what I'm doing and go full-time into ministry. It doesn't mean I have to quit my occupation, my job, and go on the mission field. It might, but it doesn't necessarily mean so. How many, how many have a heart for missions? I was invited to a conference this week. Pastor Tim and I talked, so we'll be getting the information to you. But beginning in January, we're going to partner with Green Valley Church, and they're bringing in a class called Perspectives, and it's a 15-week college course class on missions and explains the whole course of mission. If you're, if you're a young person, or even if you're competing and taking more college credits, it'll be 15 nights on Monday night. It, it, it has, it's worth three college credits if you're working towards a degree or education and that. But if you just have a heart to know about missions, then it brings clear perspective because it tells you how you can go and, and, uh, and be a part of it, five aspects of missions and how you can be involved in doing that. Some of it is in going, other is in sending and praying and giving and also inviting. Amen? So either way, think about it. Either way, we can only have the supernatural peace of God when we accept His will for our lives and stop trying to force our will on Him. And I'll close with this. If the worship team will come back, please. I can never be happy. We can never be happy putting ourselves into ministry or even a natural vocation by our own will. You will not be operating out of the joy you need to fulfill purpose. Because if you put yourself there by your own will, the results are usually burnout and depression. And it applies to jobs, relationships, ministries, whatever. If I put myself in my own place, then I'm there by my will, not God's will. And in every place we set ourselves, life comes with circumstances. And the only way to be victorious through circumstances is have the peace of God that I am in his set place for my life at this season. Austin and I were talking about 
ministry. God has raised him up in, in family and, and uh, life counseling and that and ministering to others. And so I, I meet a lot of ministers today that get burnt out. I'm, I'm just playing up front with them. Then you're probably not called. If you're getting burnt out, you're probably not in your set place or your calling. Because it's draining you. And ministry is never by your strength. Nothing God asks you to do will ever be by your strength or by your provision. I didn't get to it, but there's two points later on in the outline where people are waiting to be blessed so they can be faithful to God. Well, if you get to a place where you're blessed so you can be faithful, then what you're going to do is going to be based upon what you provide, not Him. It will require no faith. So how can you serve a God that requires no faith? So God asks you to say yes and then to see what he will do. I don't know about you. I love living in the place where God shows up and provides for what he asks us to do. We've been doing this 38 years. It's amazing to watch God do what he, do what he does. It's so fun. But maybe you're here today. And maybe you've struggled in this area of just saying yes. Maybe you're here today and you've never given your life to Christ. I hope you say yes before you have a Damascus Road experience. Before the Lord has to interrupt you and knock you on your keister. God showed up and knocked Paul off his donkey. Amen. That's the way he showed up in my life. I pray if you don't know Christ today, you just say yes. Don't wait till you've gone through heartache, through failure, through brokenness. And you have to seek God for restoration when you could have had his blessing your whole life. Amen. Would you bow your head to me this morning? Father, today, maybe there's one person in this room. Just one. That has sensed you pulling on their heart. They sense your call upon their life. And Lord, they they may have never said yes to you, but you've been calling them. Because your word says nobody comes to the Father unless your spirit draws them. So Holy Spirit, you've been working on their hearts. But as of yet, they haven't said yes. Maybe to you as Lord or just to your call. And either way, it's because of the lie of the enemy that's sown a seed of fear into their heart that if they say yes what's on the other side of their yes so father today before we go a step further I just release your peace right now into this room I declare Holy Spirit that your peace will set down upon each and every person right now the peace of God that would pass all understanding every hindrance, every resistance that might be in their heart from saying yes. Father, your peace would replace that, remove that right now in Jesus' name. Now I'm going to ask just everybody to pray this prayer. I like praying this prayer. I like getting saved every day. Amen. But maybe you'd pray this with me. Heavenly Father, today I come In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. And I realize you've given me my life and a free will to choose what to do with my life. But today, I choose to give my life to you. Like Paul, I declare I desire to be servant of the Lord. So today, I confess Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And I say yes to your call and your purpose upon my life. I believe you have a plan for me. And I want to live my life to discover it and fulfill it in Jesus' name. Amen. 
And I'm asking you just to stand with me for a moment. And guys, I'd like you to sing, if you would, Show Me Your Glory one more time. If you're here today, and you feel God's call pulling you, there's actually somebody here today, and as you were watching these young people, watching us commissioning them this morning, you had heaviness in your heart because when you were a young person God pulled on your life to answer his call and the circumstances of life moved you away and you've carried that all these years and yet God has never released that call off of your life and the way you know that this morning is because that stirring still is showing up in your life And the Lord says that the gift and the calling of God is without repentance. God never takes away his call off of our life. He has purpose for us. And the only person that disqualifies that from us, we say, well, I let that go. I let that slip. If the Holy Spirit is still moving upon your life, if you still feel him stirring in these areas, then you're still in the right place to say yes for God. So I felt like that's for somebody here this morning. You just need to step out and say yes to God and let him begin moving you in that direction. If you're here today and you'd say, Pastor, you know what? I've had God's call, but I'm just, I don't know where it's going to take me. I don't know what it's going to happen. Don't worry about that. But if there's something in you stirring that you want to take your life, your walk, your relationship with God to another level and say yes to the call of God upon your life, no matter where it is, I'm not putting any, any definitions on any of that. You're just saying, God, I want you to show me your glory. I just want to press into your presence. I want to say yes to your call. I want to fulfill my, your purpose, not my desires. I want my life to be a yes to you. If you need to make that commitment this morning based on the, what the Holy Spirit's doing in your heart, just move right now to this altar. I just want to pray over everybody this morning. I know God's speaking to a lot of hearts. Come on. Maybe you've been on the shelf. You've been sitting. You've been spectating. Come on. It all begins with a step. Just say yeah. And just say, God, I'm going to go on a journey with you. A journey of discovery. I want to see. I don't want to fashion it. I don't want to form it. I'm not even going to touch it. You're going to open the door. You're going to make it work. Come on. I know God's speaking to some more hearts.